Coming up, it looks like Mad Bum will no longer be making starts for the D-backs in 2022. What does that mean for the rest of this season and beyond? And we're also playing a little game of in or out on D-backs pitchers who should be coming back to pitch in the bullpen in 2023. All coming to you on today's Locked On Diamondbacks podcast. You are Locked On Diamondbacks, your daily Arizona Diamondbacks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Diamondbacks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day listening to who? Always charismatic host of this podcast, Miller Thomas. I'm a multimedia journalist and I'm a graphic designer, so please go check out my website, MillerThomas24.myportfolio.com. On there, you can see all my latest work from my packages to my articles to my photos and my graphic design. If you want to see more content by me, just follow me on Twitter at CreatorThomas24 for my personal account or just look up Locked on Diamondbacks on both Twitter and Instagram for the podcast handle. And of course, thank you for making Locked on Diamondbacks your first listen every day. I would not be able to do this podcast without you, my loyal listeners, sharing, subscribing, reviewing, doing all that so I could do this podcast for you. Thank you. It's free and available on all platforms. So please continue to tell your friends or, of course, on YouTube as well. So follow us on Locked on Diamondbacks on YouTube as well. And please hit that subscribe button if you want to continue seeing my ugly mug. I don't know if I said this already because a lot of times when I do the intro, I am just zoned out and talking. So thank you for making Locked on Diamondbacks your first listen every day. If I did not say that already, thank you. But on today's podcast, we're going to be playing a little game of in or out on D-backs, bullpen arms. Who should be returning in 2023? Who should be a contributor to the bullpen in 2023? In or out edition, but first I want to talk a little bit about Madison Baumgartner. Again, the highest paid player on the D-backs because do you know what you do with your highest paid player as you get down to the final stretch run of the MLB season? This is typically what teams do. They say, hey, highest paid player, just go home. Don't come back. You don't have to come to the stadium anymore. You don't have to come to Chase Field. Just go home, relax, and pretend the offseason started two weeks early because that's what the D-backs did with Madison Bumgarner. Tori Lavello had a conversation, his end-of-year conversation with all players, and his conversation with Mad Bum. He said, look, guy, you're making a lot of money, but you haven't been very good this season, and we want to give your starts, your opportunities to someone else, one of these young arms. And so that's what the D-backs are going to do. They send Mad Bum home. They send Mad Bum and his $23 million contract. That's what he's getting paid this season home. And they said, hey, don't come back for the rest of this year, and we'll decide what to do with you in 2023 because right now, as we're recording this Tuesday, September 27th, it probably feels like Madison Bumgarner, unfortunately, will get another spot in the rotation next year. Now, do I think we're opening day? Or do I think we're going to open the season opening day with Madison Bumgarner as a starter like we've done the last three seasons? No, I don't even think the second game of the series will see Madison Bumgarner because I think that will probably go to Merrill Kelly. If we're lucky, he won't be the third or fourth day either because that'll be Ryan Nelson, Dre Jamison, or maybe a Zach Davies. Who knows? But Madison Bumgarner probably does have that number five rotation spot locked up for next season, at least as it stands right now. You never know what could happen in the offseason, but he's still owed a decent chunk of change. He's going to get another $23 million contract in 2023 and then $14 million in 2024. So the D-backs are still paying him a hunk of change. And 
If they ever think they're going to get any value back from Madison Bumgarner in that contract, it's either him turning into an effective starter or reliever or him just playing well enough where they could trade him on the market and hopefully get something back in return. And he's going to really need to reinvent himself and get better in 2023 because He's coming off another poor season, and his entire career so far with the D-backs has been very poor because in three years in Arizona, he's 15-29 and 29 with a 4-9-8 year rate in 65 starts, and once the D-backs hired Brent Strom, we knew he could turn any pitcher into a Cy Young Award winner. We've talked about it. He's the Midas of pitching coaches, and you, we've seen it. You've seen it. What he's done with Zach Gallen this year. Zach Gallen had one of the best stretches in baseball history of a, of not allowing earned runs. He had, what, 44 straight innings pitch of not allowing an earned run. Zach Gallen went over a month without allowing an earned run. Merrill Kelly, take away those starts from the Dodgers. He would be a top, what, five to seven Cy Young candidate if he didn't have to face the Dodgers this season. Zach Davies has looked like a very serviceable and solid number four starter. You got all these random rookies coming in and pitching and performing greatly in their first start or first couple starts like the Dre Jamisons and the Ryan Nelsons. Hey, Tommy Henry started off well as um, when he first got his opportunity too. his first couple starts. It wasn't too bad either. So Brent Strom has made so many of these starting pitchers into really good, highly effective starters. And the one guy he hasn't been able to do that with so far, and I don't think he ever will be able to do that with, is Madison Bumgarner because there was a little period where Maybe Madison Bumgarner was fooling us and he had a, a little facade. He was cloaked in that Brent Strom mystique. And Brent Strom with smokes and mirrors was able to turn Madison Bumgarner into an effective pitcher at least the first half of this year because Mad Bum first half of this season, 3-E-3 ERA. But in the second half, I don't know what Mad Bum did over the All-Star break. Maybe he put his cowboy hat back on and he started doing rodeos again because he looked like a cowboy in the second half and not like a starting pitcher that's getting paid over $20 million because in the second half, he had a 6.5 ERA. So it's not a surprise to see why Tori Lavello was like, hey, Mad Bum. We're going to let those uh, young guys take your spot in the rotation because Mad Bum has not been good this year. And it's actually surprising because some of the underlying numbers of Mad Bum would suggest that maybe he would have been better this year. Like his velo is actually a tick up on both his fastball and cutter, the two pitches he uses the most. But it does not matter how fast you're throwing those pitches if other teams are just or if other teams are just teeing off against it because. He's allowed over a 300 average and over a 500 slugging on both of those pitches this year. So I don't know how Madison Bumgarner ever gets back to being a World Series type pitcher. I don't think that's in the cards anymore for Madison Bumgarner. I think he's way over the hill. And someone like Tori Lovello still believes there is some potential in that Madison Bumgarner to bring it out of him and still turn him to an effective starter because this is what Tori Lovello said recently on Madison Bumgarner and him not being in the rotation any longer. I'm Tori Lovello now. His stuff grades out in a very similar manner. Hold on, let me start over. His stuff grades out in a fairly similar way to when he was winning world championships in San Fran. But I am going to work hard, and I want everyone else to work hard at not going backwards and say what he used to be. But I'm going to work really hard and focus on what he can become. So, Toilet Vella doesn't want to work backwards, Madison Bumgarner. He knows he can't 
turn back into that World Series champion with San Fran. He can only work on evolving and turning to a different type of pitcher. This is what we saw from Zach Greinke. Greinke used to be a guy that could throw some gas and hit mid-90s with a fastball and just beat you with a fastball. And then kind of had to reinvent himself as that fastball hit 90 miles an hour. Had to become a more off-speed pitch kind of a guy. Kind of really play the zones and down up the strike zone. So... Madison Bumgarner kind of needs to reinvent himself because he's leaving too many pitches over the heart of the zone. And he just hasn't been an, an effective starter since coming over to Arizona. And now with him out the rotation, I'm still holding out a lot of hope that maybe we see Brandon Fat this year. Guy who hit 200 innings first, 200 inning minor league pitcher since 2011 or not 200 innings, excuse me, 200 strikeouts. That is for Brandon Fat. And also with Madison Bumgarner out. Let's say we don't see a Brandon Fat. You know what? I would be kind of curious to see if the D-backs got wild and maybe did the reverse starting pitcher thing that we see in Tampa Bay sometimes. I think the D-backs have done it like once or twice this year. Maybe start the game with a Luis Frias or Edwin Uceda, and then you bring in some relievers to come in. You just let Luis Frias go like three innings if he's able to do that, and then you bring in your Caleb Smiths or whoever you want after that. So I'm glad to see Madison Bumgarner out the rotation that contract is terrible obviously it's an albatross contract and for the rest of this year i just want to see those young arms in the rotation and during the offseason we'll visit to see if there's any massive bumgarner trades i don't think there will be so i think next season massive bumgarner probably starts as that number five starter eventually he might move into the bullpen but whatever he does next season we have to increase his value he has to start hot and then once he gets that first month in if he's looking solid sub four year rave he's like a three nine guy after that first month of the season i say you sell high and trade him and get him off the team if you can because madison bumgarner i think his best days are behind him now if you need a new pitcher for your baseball team, if you need to recruit a new pitcher for your baseball team, the best place to recruit new people is LinkedIn Jobs. Let me find the best overlay to use for LinkedIn. I believe I'm going to use this one because as you gear up for fall, you need the right people on your team to help your small business fire on all cylinders. LinkedIn Jobs is here to make it easier to find the people you want to talk to faster and for free. Create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 810 million people. Then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring so your network can help you find the right people to hire. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. So why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockdownmlb. That's linkedin.com slash lockdownmlb to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, all right, all right. Let me put my name back on the screen. Where is my name? There it is. All right, let's get back into the podcast and let's play our little. Let's play our little game of in or out. D backs bullpen edition pitchers we've seen on the D backs this year and should they be contributors in the bullpen in 2023? That's what we're about to discuss. The first name I have on my list, 
Mark Melanson. In or out on Mark Melanson in 2023 being a D-backs bullpen guy? I'm going to say it's a soft in. I know Melanson has been terrible this season, but he's got an option for next year that will probably be picked up by him and the team. And the thing with Melanson is he had a 2.75 ERA in save situations. I know he's been terrible this year, but his ERA has still been good in save situations. And basically, if you take out his May and August, if you take out those two months and leave like the other four, his ERA has been really good this year. He's had two terrible months that have really blown up the spot for Mark Melanson. So the fact that four out of the six months he's been good, it's actually good in save situations. The days he actually picks up a save, he has like a .55 ERA. So maybe he can still be a closer for this D-backs team. Maybe this D-backs team improves even more next season and Mark Melanson only comes in and save opportunities. Maybe he could be an effective reliever for the D-backs. So right now, I'm saying it's a soft in on Mark Melanson. Next up, I got Joe Mantiply, and this one is a resounding in. I mean, he's our only all-star from 2022. When historians go back and look at the D-backs, go back and look at the D-backs roster from 2022, they're gonna say, hey, one all-star? Well, let me check the lineup. Oh, Christian Walker had nearly 40 home runs and like an 800 OPS. He must have been their all-star. Nope. Oh, Dalton Varsho had like 30 home runs, double-digit stolen bases. He must have been their all-star. Nope. Oh, Jake McCarthy, the guy who was a former first-round pick, near 300 average, near 800 OPS, one of the fastest players in baseball, 20 stolen bases. Was he the all-star? Nope. It was Joe Mantiply, and he deserved being an all-star this year because he was dominant in the first half, had won the longest streaks of what? Now allowing a walk by a left-handed pitcher. Been great in high-leverage moments. Been in more high-leverage moments than any other reliever on this D-back squad. He's super trusted. Second-best strike out percentage on this team and best walk percentage on this team he is great at doing what you want him to do throwing strikes and not allowing walks not allowing hits melanson or excuse me mantiply has been great at that also elite ground ball to fly ball guy i love that for my relievers the relievers that cannot that that doesn't allow opposing batters to elevate their balls and hit home runs and hit gap doubles the relievers that force double plays, I love those guys, and that's what Joe Mantiply is. So Mantiply is definitely in for next season. And remember, some of these guys are going to be like, uh, he wasn't really that good. Well, look, the D-backs, they can't go out there and sign eight new bullpen arms for next season. So some of these guys are going to have to come back to the bullpen for 2023. I want the D-backs to renovate their entire bullpen for next season, but it's just not possible. So some of these guys are going to have to come back, and we're going to have to hope that they improve and get even better next season because this next guy... He has improved a lot this season and and actually might be back on my good side because Kevin Gingle, I'm actually in on him being a potential contributor in 2023. Currently, he's got a sub three ERA. I like that. If your ERA is under four, um, you're, that's the first green flag I need. I'm a still I'm still a big ERA guy. Some guys don't like ERA. They're too much into the advanced analytics. Like batting average and ERA, I still gonna look at those um stats when I'm evaluating players. I'm not saying it's the end all be all, but I still care if you have a good average. I still care if you have a pretty low ERA. Kevin Ginkle. Pretty good swing and miss stuff. His fastball last year averaged 94.7 miles per hour. This year, it's above 96 miles per hour. His slider has also gained two miles per hour, so that's straight work with Brent Strom. Also, another elite ground ball to fly ball guy, so I'm all in on Kevin Ginkle in 2023. Not all in, but I, I I don't mind him being a contributor in 2023. Next up, 
Ian Kennedy. And unfortunately, Ian Kennedy, I am going to be out on you because you give up a lot of walks. You give up a lot of base hits. And you're also probably the worst pitcher on the team when it comes to hard contact. And not just hard contact. Contact overall, you allow 80% contact overall, above 80% contact percentage allowed overall. So is not good at contact percentage overall. He's not good at hard contact percentage. Average exit velocity, he's crushed in those metrics. And he also gives up a lot of fly balls. Bad ground ball to fly ball, guys. So not in on Ian Kendi returning for next season. Who do we have next? Caleb Smith. This one, I have a little qualifier. I'm in on Caleb Smith being a bullpen arm in 2023 if he only pitches against lefties because Tori Lavello, we know he's the matchup king. He's all about that lefty-lefty matchup when it's your bullpen guy or, you know, specifically when it's your batters. If there's a left-handed pitch on the mound, oh, I got to get eight right-handed position players in my lineup, right? That's what Tori Lavello is about. We, sometimes we crush Tori Lavello because it's like, dude, Corbin Carroll is coming off three straight games with a base hit, including a grand slam. Why are you sitting him just because there's a lefty on the mound or, you know, vice versa? It's like sometimes you just got to keep your hottest players in the lineup. And for Caleb Smith, he just doesn't care about matchups, I guess, because Caleb Smith is dominant against lefties and he's bad against righties. But the thing is, Torla Velo has pitched him almost double against righties as opposed to lefties. Caleb Smith this season against righties, 924 OPS allowed. Against lefties, 476 OPS allowed. So why is he facing way more righties than lefties? I don't understand that, Toy Lavello. That doesn't make much sense to me. So if we can make Caleb Smith just a guy that faces against lefties, that will help him out a lot. Also, just as a reliever this year, he's got a sub-4 ERA. I like that from Caleb Smith. So Caleb Smith, I'm... I can't believe that I'm saying this, but I'm softly in on you next season as a qualifier if we only use you as a lefty specialist. Next one, Reyes Maranta. I'm going to say I'm in on him. Everyone wants this guy to basically be the D-backs closer for this year and next year. And I'm going to wait and see a little bit more on Maranta. I still don't know. <coughs> Excuse me. I still don't know how good he is, what his ceiling is, but doing the research and just looking over throughout his career. It's very interesting because Maranta, a career sub-3 ERA guy, upper 90s fastball, which is always impressive. He's been great with runners in scoring position and high leverage moments this year. And also, if you look at his career basically before coming to the D-backs, he's been a double-digit strikeouts per nine guy. So this is someone with the stuff, upper 90s fastball, the strikeout stuff. He can do it. Great in high leverage moments. Great at run prevention. So this guy has all the makings and tools to be a very effective reliever for this D-backs team and maybe be in the diamond in the rough, but my biggest concern for Reyes Maranta is maybe he's just like another Noah Ramirez or J.B. Wendelkin where they come in, have a hot little spurt for a couple months to end the season, and then you bring him back next year, and you're like, you know what? I can see why so many teams dfa this guy. So hopefully that doesn't happen with Maranta because we need more good relievers in the D-backs bullpen, of course. Next up, another slam dunk. 
Kyle Nelson. I mean, who isn't in on Kyle Nelson? I honestly didn't even know who Kyle Nelson was before this year, and he's been fantastic for the D-backs this season. Um, he needs to be a lefty specialist because he crushes, or excuse me, he doesn't need to be a lefty specialist. Let me go back. He's considered a lefty specialist, but he's actually, again, like Caleb Smith, he's actually fared against righties more than lefties. He's actually pitched against righties slightly more than lefties this year. But unlike Caleb Smith, his numbers are basically the same against both righties and lefties. So even though he's considered maybe a lefty specialist like Caleb Smith, his numbers are actually great both against righties and lefties. He's got an elite whip, which I love. He's not allowing walks. He's not allowing easy base hits. He's not allowing the easy stuff. Do I think he could throw more fastballs? Yeah, but he still has above 20% strikeout percentage. He's been the second best reliever on this D-back squad this season. Kyle Nelson, you are the man, and I love what you've done this season for this D-back team. The injuries have sucked for Kyle Nelson the second half of this season, but uh, a real diamond in the rough and really someone that the D-backs have he's probably hurt because he's had to been he's had to be overworked this season because of how valuable he's been to this D-backs bullpen. Like if it's not Mansply and if it's not Kyle Nelson, like who's coming out that bullpen to be a high leverage, highly effective reliever for the D-backs? There's really no one else. So love Kyle Nelson this season. Next guy. Actually hasn't been a reliever for the D-backs this season, but I think if he starts Next season on the roster, it will probably have to be as a reliever because I don't think he'll be back in the rotation. That's Tommy Henry because for Tommy Henry, I'm out on him because I think for him to be effective in the bullpen next year, he'll have to be a Caleb Smith long reliever type where he's coming in. Maybe your starter goes out there, just has a crap dud game the first couple innings. So you bring in Tommy Henry to survive the bullpen and give you three or four innings and just eat innings. Like Tommy Henry, best case scenario, I think he's an innings eater next season as either a long reliever and a spot starter. But the problem is I just don't think he's that good. Like he had a good couple, two or three starts to begin his D-backs career, but he fell off pretty quickly after that. And just the underlying numbers for Tommy Henry, he's bad against both righties and lefties. Like above 900 OPS bad. He walks a lot of people. It's like above 4.4 walks per nine. Low strikeout numbers, low strikeout percentage, bad with two outs, bad with runners in scoring position. There's really just no numbers that love Tommy Henry. And because of that, I'm out on him. Then we'll probably need a part two to do more D-backs relievers because I don't think we'll get to everyone today. But the last guy I want to end with before we wrap up today's podcast is Sean Poppin, this is someone who's been out a long time with injury, but when he did pitch for the D-backs this season, he did have a nice little effective spurt with the D-backs when he was pitching earlier in the year because Poppin has a 3-9 ERA, so nothing, you know, that's like, oh man, he wasn't putting up Joe Mantiply or Kyle Nelson numbers, but Sean Poppin was really good against righties this season, elite numbers with runners in scoring position or men on, which is like the most important thing. He's a sinker slider kind of, he's a sinker slider kind of a guy who sits mid 90s and avoids um, barrel contact basically. So low hard contact stats across the board. So because of the low hard contact stats, because he's a sinker slider guy that should lean more toward the ground balls. I like my pitchers to throw fastballs, but if you're going to sit mid-90s with your slink, with your sinker and slider, I'm okay with that. If you're Sean Poppin, he was effective when he was healthy this year, so I'm down to give Sean Poppin another chance in 2023. 
Now that's it for this edition of the Locked on Dimebacks podcast. Come back tomorrow for part two. We'll probably do a few more D-backs relievers and whether they should be coming back to the bullpen in 2023. Thank you for making Locked on Dimebacks your first listen every day. Go make your second listen of the day. Locked on MLB with my pal Sully Baseball. He's a walk-in baseball encyclopedia. You're going to want to know what he has to say because he's always dropping bars of knowledge. So go check out the Locked on MLB podcast. Come back tomorrow for more Dimebacks news coverage and insight. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy. Deuces.